An MBA from a globally recognized and celebrated business school is achievable on your terms. Find your fit among the Kellogg School of Management's innovative portfolio of MBA programs, including one-year, two-year, part-time, joint degree, and executive options. Wherever you are in your career and your life, there's a Kellogg program designed to help you succeed. Visit kellogg.northwestern.edu MBA. Welcome to another episode of Create Loud. My name is Cody Crab, and with me is Rachel Robison. That would be me. That is her. Happy Thanksgiving this Happy past Thanksgiving Thursday, to you. everybody. Yeah. Yeah, if you're in America, at least. Canadian Thanksgiving is some other time, and I don't know if anyone else does Thanksgiving. But if so, you're, if not, you're missing out, because it's great. Yeah, it's true. I guess it depends on the family. That is also true. <laughs> yeah, in my case, it's great. Some people really look forward to it, and some people are just like, oh, man. Gotta that is true. Go to dinner with my extended family. Yeah, like the the one uncle that you very much disagree with on politics, and he wants to set you straight. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't have one of those, but I hear that exact scenario quite a bit, so I'm assuming that's a thing. I do hear that a lot, yeah. If you're a creative, you're going to at least get a couple of questions about what you're doing with your life or something. <laughs> oh, that's so true. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> that is that is so the perfect thing to talk about right now. <laughs> yeah. And someone, I mean, like, at least for me, someone always asks about my music or, or something. And I, I feel like I always give them the same spiel every time about... Um, what I'm doing with school and what exactly it is that I do and like how blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. but it's not bad. I like talking about it so I don't really mind. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. I and I, I my family's really artsy anyway. Yeah, um, oh, for sure. Yeah. Every year my aunt actually makes I don't know if you've heard of it. So in the Utah State Fair they have a sculpture made of butter. My aunt is one of the people that makes that. Oh my gosh. Um, and it's like super fit. Yeah, so she's really talented. All of her kids are geniuses with art. All my cousins are like that. So it's kind of understood that art's a big thing in my family so of any kind. So Well, that's good. Yeah. Well, sweet. So yeah, it's not too bad, but I, I actually love, I love Thanksgiving. It's the only mm-hmm. holiday where the whole point is literally just to eat and have a big party with your family. So, you know. <laughs> and boy, do I do that well. Oh, big time. I actually look forward to the other stuff a lot of times more than the actual dinner. Like what other stuff? We don't really do like traditiony things. I just like the food better. <laughs> yeah. Like the chips and dip that we have and like just good. We have way good food like all day, let alone the actual meal. But do you have any weird traditions that you do? I feel like you definitely do for some reason. <laughs> That's well, you're kind of right. Well, I'm actually trying to think of like weird traditions. Um, Maybe it's just not weird to you, because I feel like I know you, like, not super, super well, but I know you pretty (laughs) well by now. A lot of what I do is just weird. (laughs) Well, so my dad's side of the family has always had this tradition to um, go to a movie after dinner. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, and um, just, like, Thanksgiving Day, just go see a movie. And, like, 
I mean, I've, I've worked in retail, so I've had to work on Thanksgiving, and my attitude about it was not good. Because I was like, <laughs> I could be at home with my family if these people couldn't wait one more day to sh- be shopping here. But, I yeah. mean, with, with, like, seeing a movie, it's, or, I don't know, with anything, it's like, hopefully, I at least hope in my head, I feel better about seeing a movie, knowing that, you know, they probably were able to have Thanksgiving first, so they at least still had Thanksgiving and then had to go to work. But, anyway. You know what? I like to, I like the mental backflips you go through to feel good about it. That's fine. Yeah, you know, I'm just going to sit there and eat my popcorn and not feel guilty. Whatever you got to (laughs) do. Yeah. We don't do that every year, though. So, I guess the weird thing about that is that we don't do it every year. It's not like... That is weird. Yeah. How is that a tradition, then? I don't know. It just... Because it you it's an it old tradition, it's just like a not, it's not an actively practiced tradition, but it is a thing gotcha. in our family. Um, okay. My mom would kill me if I said this was a tradition, but every stinking year <laughs> growing up, during Thanksgiving, we'd have some sort of water problem in our house. Like something would flood <laughs> somewhere every Thanksgiving. It was ridiculous. I mean, it makes sense. You're using the water and no, stuff. No, before like we do cooking. anything, we, like, wake up to it, and we're like, what the heck? Like, in different houses. It's like Christmas morning. Almost. <laughs> Not quite. What's downstairs? <laughs> <laughs> ah, dang it. <laughs> Grab the towels. Anyway, um, Cody, what, what are some traditions that you do? So, probably the biggest, the most longest standing one is um, we make this thing called cranberry relish. It's like huh. uh, cranberries and oranges and apples and so much sugar (laughs) but it's really really good um the way we make it is like so delicious but this is the tradition part you can't make it with like a food processor or like any there has to be a very specific thing there's this very very old meat grinder from like definitely like the 40s or something interesting and and you have to make it in that or else it's not as good Probably has lead in it. We're probably all going to die from that. It's fine. Um, That's part of the tradition. We make sacrifices. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, it's, and that's, that's, we still make it every year in that little grinder. We've tried it in the food processor. It doesn't work. Hmm. You got to make it in the, in the little lead grinder. That's very interesting. (laughs) I don't know if it has lead, but it very well could because it's very old. (laughs) Today, I wanted to talk about something that someone was mentioning to me. Um, they were talking about the fact that over the holidays, if you're not in like a performing group or something, mm-hmm. you, you end up really out of practice because a lot of, a lot of groups and things like that will take like a short hiatus over the holidays, unless it's like a holiday group of some yeah. kind, or even if you're like an artist, like you, some, maybe you'll have like a burst of commissions or something, but that's kind of going to die down around the holidays. And so people kind of just stop doing their thing for a while, a lot of times, and maybe you kind of get a little more out of practice. So I kind of wanted to talk about your strategy for practicing what your thoughts, some, if you had any thoughts on practice, mm-hmm. things like that. Cause I'm, I'm a really good person to talk about this. Cause I'm probably the worst in the world about this. <laughs> hmm. See, at least you, at least you consider yourself like a, a musician slash performer. I I yeah. sing really well, but I haven't done like practicing or singing yeah. in years. And <laughs> other than that, I just kind of mess around on the keyboard and stuff. But I don't. Yeah. I never sit down and practice anything. I'm sure you do quite regularly if I know you well. You keep. I think moral of the story for this whole thing is that you know me pretty well <laughs> with <laughs> with different aspects of my life. But 
Um, funny thing though, growing up, we had to stop taking piano lessons because we wouldn't practice. I believe that though. That's, Every kid hates practicing. That is true. Because that's not the fun part. When when you're yeah. learning how to do something, that's not the fun part of practicing. When you actually know how to do a thing and you're learning how to do it better, that's so different than learning from nothing to learning how to do it. Yeah, especially when your mom wakes you up at 5 a.m. to practice. Like, <sighs> But I somehow stuck, like I ended up still touching a piano and not being... Like totally disgusted. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my mom actually. I I was I told her for years jokingly that I was really bitter because she never signed me up for lessons when I was a kid. Oh my! And gosh. I was like, I could have been like a piano prodigy. You don't know. I would have been a <laughs> genius. And she's like, I know you. You never would have practiced ever. And she's probably right. So I gotta hand her that. Yeah. So she she was smart that way. She probably saved a ton of money. <laughs> <laughs> she really did. <laughs> Practicing is a funny thing. I. Definitely do consider myself a performer. Like, that's, I think, as a musician overall, like, composer, musician, everything, mm-hmm. I think performing is my strong suit. Mm. Which, side note, as, you know, being in, in singing groups and all that stuff, like, Christmas, you never get a break during Christmas. So you don't really have oh, time to finish or to forget not. the stuff that you learned. But anyway, I wasn't actually the best at practicing things just from a performing standpoint at least like i i don't really depending on the gravity of what it is i need to practice like if i'm gonna be performing something like of course i'm gonna practice that just so that i'm you know confident and comfortable with what i'm doing but as far as like a like a constantly practicing just to improve my skills and stuff like i'm actually pretty bad at that but i realized because, I mean, I've done performing stuff for years, so I feel like I don't need to practice as much for that because I've been practicing by being in groups and stuff. Mm. But as I've been yeah. tackling the composing thing, which was, you know, which the past um, three or four years has been an entirely new thing to me, like, that's that needs to be treated like an instrument in itself. Like, you know, I'm not going to be good at it in the first, you know, semester I learn about it in yeah. school. Like it's something that I have to, if I want to be as good of a um, composer as I am a musician, it's going to take years of literal practice to um, to get better and better. It takes ten thousand hours to achieve like mastery of whatever it is that you're doing. And so, if I want to be a master at composing, then that's ten thousand hours that I need to be putting into that craft. It's a lot. That is a lot. Think about forty hours a week. Mm-hmm. Like that is a very, very long time. That's full time. So if you, I mean, if you actually, if you do the math with that, let's see. So if you do, let's do forty hours a week. Let's do ten thousand. Ten thousand hours divided by forty. So that's. 250 weeks mm. of working a, as a full-time job. Dang. So that's kind of crazy. Yeah. 250 weeks divided by 52 weeks. So that's 4.8 years of doing something as a full-time job to master it. That's interesting. I did not I never thought about it that way. Mm. That's cool though. Yeah, that's a lot of hours. <laughs> Yeah. But but I mean some people are passionate enough about that to, you know, to do 40 hours a week. True. 
Well, and this is the thing. I think also if, if you really love it, I think you'll do it without even thinking about it. And so it's not going to be this thing where I need to go practice for 15 minutes and then you go practice. And it's just like you pick up a guitar and you just start playing because you like it and you're actually practicing, but it's just a thing that you're not even, you're enjoying it, you know? But I actually think there's two kinds of practice, right? So there's, I need to practice for a thing. So you need to go over choreography and do it over and over and over and over until you get it. Or there's, I just need to practice being better. Like, I think that's what you yeah, were saying. That, yeah, that's exactly like, you, what I'm When saying. you're practicing for something, it's it's different. And I think, I do think it's interesting that, like, depending on what you're performing at or what you're, what you're doing it for, you, you would treat it differently. So, like, if you knew that you were going to have to perform at Carnegie Hall versus a middle school talent show, you're going to put a different amount of practice hours into that. And isn't that interesting? Like, I find that very strange that we would kind of limit ourselves that way. Obviously, I don't mean because every middle school talent show has to be top tier <laughs> quality entertainment. You really don't know me then. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's when, well, I mean, in high school, I had an acapella group. That is a tra- fact. Oh, Did wow. I ever tell you that? No, you didn't. Get ready. Are you ready for the name? Oh, I'm so ready. Okay. <laughs> It's called it. It is called because I'm still friends with all of them. We could we maybe we'll have a reunion. Who knows? We're we'll be, Ooh, we'll be Backstreet so. Boys. This it's <laughs> it's uh it's October night with a K. October <laughs> night. Wait, so like O K T O B E R? No, no, night with a K. October night. <laughs> yes. Don't ask me why. I kind of was about to. This one guy was just like, "How about October night with the K?" And we all went, "Okay." <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I don't know why I never questioned it, but I didn't. Wow. Weirdly enough, though, like as dumb as that sounds, I think that's the reason I'm a composer. Mm. Because I I started doing arrangements for that group, and I really liked it. October night. So as as silly as it sounds, that a a cappella group in high school that that may be the reason that I'm a composer <laughs> and therefore a podcaster. Yeah. So thanks, October night. That's great. Side note: What the heck? Why you're an a cappella group called October night, and you spelled October normally? I know we had it. There's that was a missed opportunity. <laughs> what what did October night sing? Just like covers of stuff, or what? Yeah, we did like pop music of the time and just kind of other stuff. We actually had we did one concert ever, and it was free, and it was probably bad. But in my head, this is this was amazing. That actually sounds pretty legit, though. <laughs> it was super fun. Like, I, I legitimately was like, I beatboxed and I sang bass. I yes, I did beatbox. Whoa. I can kind of do it a little bit. But again, this is what I'm saying. In my head, it's amazing, but it was probably really bad. <laughs> I'm going to rally for a reunion tour of October 9th. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be our debut slash reunion hey. tour because we never actually toured. <laughs> Sounds good to me. No, but that's that's a really good example because weirdly, so this is actually a perfect little way to kind of talk about practicing because it was eight guys and we all lived in different places. We didn't like live. This was like this extended a little bit out of high school. So it was like the year after high school. Gotcha. Um, 
like we, we did it for a while and it was so hard to get everyone in the same room at the same time. People had different kind of commitment levels to it. Yeah. Like people, some people really cared about it a lot. Some people were just kind of like, whatever, I don't really, you know, what if I don't come? Who cares? And so mm. it was hard to get everyone in, on the same level. But really, it was like, it's it's time that you, it's valuable time. Like it makes it yeah. whatever any hour that you spend practicing is another hour better that you're going to be. So I actually have a few quotes here about practicing that I wanted to kind of bring up because I loved Ooh. these. So this is my favorite one. Practice as if you are the worst. Perform as if you are the best. I like that. Who did who said that? That one is by. It's not attributed to anybody. Oh, wait, I think. Oh, and there's a second half. Oh. An ounce of practice is is worth more than tons of preaching. And that's from Gandhi. Mm. So I think what that really means is, frankly, people tend to. People tend to downplay practice as kind of the boring part. But that's really where the the creativity can happen because you're not being judged and there's no pressure and. You can experiment and do cool new stuff, and it's a it's a wonderful time if you learn how to do it right. But otherwise, it's just boring, and you're going over scales, or you're just drawing circles over and over, and it's just not fun, you know? Yeah. So I teach piano in addition to everything else that I do. And with my piano students, I tell them that um, some practice is better than no practice at all. Because, I mean, obviously coming from experience knowing that like there's some days where I would literally rather like you know jump over a cliff clean oh yeah Yeah. I'd rather like (laughs) do boring stuff (laughs) than practice the piano but it's like that episode of Spongebob where he's he needs to write the essay but he keeps (laughs) he's like can't I always think of can't have dirty garbage and he's wiping off the garbage (laughs) in the garbage can I haven't seen that episode but that sounds really funny um it's great. but yeah like um practicing even just practicing a little bit is better than nothing at all because you won't you won't get anywhere if you just you know sit on the couch and play video games unless mm, unless you're trying to study video games and sound design you kind of have to <laughs> but like you know the for the enjoyment this is just a big mess um, some practice is better than no practice at all but I also help them put into perspective like the more you practice the better you're going to get at it and I usually bring up like who's your favorite singer who's your favorite actor whatever and then I ask them like do you think they got to where they are by not practicing and then they'll be like oh, yeah." <laughs> you know what though sometimes I think yes I think this is where this is another thing of like oh that's where the luck comes. That's in. yeah. When you inherit talent, mm-hmm. some people legitimately don't need to practice. Some of the best musicians I've ever known have just waltzed onto a stage and improvised something that is ten times better than I would I will ever be able to do. So that's what I'm saying, and I know I know that they. Of course, there's some practice that goes behind that. But a lot of it's not. <laughs> I know for a fact. I have this one friend I'm thinking of in particular. Hi, Michael. Hi, Michael. And he, he is notorious for not practicing and not memorizing stuff. And but he just work makes it work, and he's so good. And so it's funny. It's it's frustrating to see those people though. Yeah. You know? 
it's frustrating to to see that happen and then you're like oh well i i practiced for 10 times longer than they did and you know yeah not not to make it worse but i my family and i we sing um together and we used to actually do like singing gigs but anyway like we we hardly ever we we at least have one song that's just always ready to go we never need to practice it we just like know our parts and just sing it but i mean Hmm. when we were first learning the harmonies and stuff we did practice but like they they sang in my in church on sunday and we didn't even i just asked them like hey can you guys come sing and they were like there we didn't even practice it that's legit i bet you felt so cool i actually really did that's why i wanted to tell you and (laughs) after you just said that you hate that being comfortable enough to do that and get away with it though like it's not without any practice at all like We've practiced it enough times to where we don't feel like we have to necessarily practice it anymore. So your practice was quite a bit beforehand instead of just right before you did it. Yeah. And some musicians or some artists in whatever field it is, um, like some can pull that off, but others, no matter how many times they sing the same song or um, recreate the same painting i don't know some feel like they really need to practice it to maintain what they've you know achieved by practicing before so i mean it's a lot of people are different in that way but it's i mean that's kind of what makes art art in a way the kind of musician that i am is different from the kind of musician that you are Practice is everything. This is often misquoted as practice makes perfect. True. Periander. And I think that kind of sums it up because really the the artist that you are is going to be shaped in those practice sessions, mm-hmm. not in your performances. So and a performance could even just be doing something for a client or something like that. So remember that, you know, it's important to do little things here and there to hone your craft. Oh, have you heard of two set violin? Yes, they're hilarious. They're so funny. We should get them on the show. Yeah, I always think of them when I hear practice because that's mission accomplished for them. But yeah, go practice. Yeah. If you want to be like Ling Ling who practices 41 hours a day. That's funny because there's only 24 hours in a day. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, were you going to say something? <laughs> I was just going to say they were super funny and we should have them on the show. I would love that. They're really funny. But I mean, they, they Let's get two set violins like, in the show. going and practicing. Yeah. So it's, it's cool to do it. It's not that like cool. Not. But, but here's the last quote that I have that this will kick your butt into practicing. When you are not practicing, Remember, someone somewhere is practicing, and when you meet them, they will win. <laughs> oh, man. That's by Ed McCauley. Cody, I have to go. I got to go practice. I can't be talking to you right now. I know. Seriously, I'm like, oh, we're wasting time. Go. We're wasting time. <laughs> if you're listening to this, you're wasting time, too. Go practice. <laughs> right now. Yeah. Turn it off. What are, you, what are you waiting for? What are you doing? Go. <laughs> go right well, now. Well, I think we should... I think we should end it. But before you go, let's hurry and tell you about our social media so you can follow that after you're practicing. Yeah. 
So our social media handles are all at Create Loud. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And, of course, on our website at createloud.org. And if they're going to send us an email, how do they do that? Well, they type Create Loud. Rachel, hurry. They need to practice. It's actually... You messed me up. (laughs) Hold on. Podcast at createloud.org. Yes. Let us know if you have any practice tips, and we'll share the best ones on our show where we talk about that eventually, because we didn't do it this time. Yeah, we just talked about practicing in general. Also, yeah, we did. I wanted to, I totally forgot, I wanted to hear about other people's Thanksgiving traditions. Oh, totally. So do that. Yeah, so let us know about those, and we'll share those. Please? Grant? Yes. After you practice. Oh, Yes. Do, do all of this stuff. Go send us emails, follow us on social media, but wait until after you practice. But until then, see you next week. Keep on creating and keep practicing. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Little Passports is a subscription service for kids whose curiosity can't be contained. A science subscription from Little Passports brings fun and discovery together with hands-on STEM activities and experiments. Every month, your young scientist will get a new package delivered to the door with their name on it. They'll have the chance to do everything from extracting DNA from a strawberry to launching a stomp rocket or even building a solar-powered car. Buy now at littlepassports.com podcast. If you have an adventurous child with a curious mind, they'll love Little Passports, a fun, award-winning monthly subscription service for kids. Every month, a new package is delivered to the door with your child's name on it filled with hands-on projects and souvenirs, all designed to spark your child's curiosity in the world around them, solve a real-world mystery with DNA, build a 3D model of Big Ben, and explore many more fun and immersive activities. Order today at littlepassports.com slash podcast.